0: You're listening
1: to the Nerd Cave Network.
2: Welcome to episode 21 of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond, and I'm happy to
1: announce that today's podcast, today's episode of the Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Audible.com. To get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial, just visit Audible.com NerdCave. You can get over 180,000 titles to choose from, whether it be Star Wars, War of the Rings, the Divergent series so many titles to choose from you can download them for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Just visit slash audible, nerdcave to get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial.
2: May I make a suggestion? I actually just got listening uh got through listening to uh Catalyst the Rogue One prequel novel on Audible last uh the week before last and that if you love Rogue One, you need to go and listen to Catalyst. So you could use your free audiobook to download that title and give it a listen.
1: Fantastic! Now I've heard good things about Catalyst, and it's funny because when we first started doing the Nerd Cave podcast, we were joking around that we should get Audible to be a sponsor because <laughs> Zach's been into Audible for you know as long as I've known him or ever since it's existed.
2: Yeah, I've had it, and for a it's few funny. Years it's funny
1: that all these years later they're actually a sponsor now.
2: And you know, one of the best books I ever got on there was the Kevin Smith book, the autobiography that he put on there. Um, Oh, that one's on there. Yeah, it's on there. And I've listened to it no less than 10 times. (laughs) I am going to go download audible right now. Yes, do it. I love audible. It's fantastic. It it gets me through my work days.
1: That's so awesome. But how are you this week, sir? It's, It's been a, it's been a bit since we've done, uh, I guess what you'd call a traditional episode of the show.
2: Yeah, anybody that downloaded last week's episode know that know that we did the uh commentary track for the wizard which we we got some pretty good numbers off of that. It was like you said earlier is a little higher than we thought it would be. And um I think it was a pretty good episode. I actually went back and listened to it myself and I think we did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things like and I know I was telling you this after we finished but that was really the first time that I had sat down with someone else who had watched that movie before. Because I've no lie, the only times that I've ever watched that movie, I've been by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has been the majority of the time. I watched it once with my girlfriend and then
2: I watched it with you the other day. Yeah, I that movie's always been a solitary experience for myself as well. I watched it a few years ago when it was, uh, it was, um, it it was on netflix and i watched it and um i really enjoyed it even though you know i had it used to be one of those movies that i watched all the time as a kid i had it taped on a vhs tape and um i wore the tape out when i was a kid i loved that movie so much but i hadn't seen it in like had to be 20 years at that point and um i watched it and i really enjoyed it and i guess my older sensibilities i didn't like it as much as I did as a kid. I thought it was kind of hokey, but then watching it again with you, I really enjoyed it. I had such a good time watching that movie with you last week.
1: No, it was a lot of fun, and I know we talked about um, sometime in the next couple of months we'll be doing another commentary for uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think we're all probably (laughs) going to buy the new Steel book that comes out. Uh, I'm
1: going to camp out at Best Buy <laughs> and make sure I'm the first one to get it.
2: But um, but, but no, actually, um, but yeah. what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Have you played any retro games?
1: I have. Um, I actually, for Christmas, I got an NES Classic.
2: Mm. Can I ask and you a question? Where did the person that got you that, I'm assuming it was your significant other, um, where did they get it? Because I've been looking everywhere and they haven't restocked anywhere.
1: Um, well, it was my mom that got it for me.
2: Oh, uh, okay.
1: And she was able to get it from Amazon the day it came out and did not tell me.
2: Really? Yeah. How did she manage
1: that? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I read a couple of stories of people that were able to do it. Hmm. And I, I guess it was just luck.
2: Yeah, I've been hitting up Best Buy and um, Target every single week. And still, every time I walk in there, especially in Target, they got a little sign that says, We are out of Classic Nintendo. We will restock as soon as we get more supply. And no date on when they will get more.
1: Best Buy has been saying the middle of the month.
2: Well, they said it was supposed to be towards the end of December. That they were gonna get more, but they never did.
1: Best Buy is a bunch of
2: liars. <laughs> so is Nintendo. Get on it, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gosh. But I
2: mean, the overall,
1: like the the NES Classic is fun. You know, it, it's it's a very simple setup, you, and the save points are amazing. Like they oh, are so good, even so for awesome. games that have a save feature, like Zelda, because you know if you can save it. But once you start it back, you're at the mm-hmm. the portion of the map where you get the first sword. But with the, the save points, like if I'm in the middle of a dungeon and I have to go, I just hit the reset button, it goes back to the main menu, and is like, do you want to create a save point? You hit yes, and then I can pick up right in the middle of the dungeon. Hmm. <laughs> I want one so bad, especially for a lot of fun.
2: I'm gonna let you cover this. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll switch up our um, in the Google Doc we've got our news stories here. I'm gonna let you cover the uh, the classic Nintendo story we have. So let's go ahead and um, we'll go into news for this week.
1: You knew this was going to happen. Hackers successfully add games to the NES Classic Edition, and this is courtesy of TechCrunch.com. The greatest hope of retro gamers and the greatest fear of Nintendo have been met simultaneously. The immensely popular NES Classic Edition has been hacked, and its 30-game library augmented with new and even homebrew titles. Hacking has been ongoing since the release of the device, But this is the most promising development yet, and it appears to work on the U.S. version of the tiny console. The hack appeared in the forums of Russian retro gaming community GBX in the form of a YouTube video and step-by-step instructions, in Russian, of course. The NES Classic mod subreddit picked up on it right away and valiantly subjected their devices to the code with great success. And there's a photo showing uh, Battletoads, in the menu and you can also see uh tiny tune adventures mm-hmm. as well. So um, yeah, th- this is no surprise. I, I knew somebody was going to be able to hack into this and be able to add games to it. But I mean, the, the screen looks legit. Like it's, it's the menu from the NES classic with additional games.
2: Well, I don't, I never understood how or why Nintendo uh, didn't, Make this thing be able to um, download titles in the future. Like, give it some sort of H—not um, HDMI, but um, USB port—to um, be able to download titles. But maybe there's a work around that. That in the future Nintendo could actually add titles to this thing because the hard drive itself is big enough to accommodate every single Nintendo title there is. Why would you only be make a device that only holds thirty?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if it were up to me, I would have put more on it to begin with. But you definitely want to put in the option of, you know, adding more down the line.
2: Yeah, because that would have been a huge selling point for this thing, to be able to download future titles for this thing.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, even with the 30 games, it's still a lot of fun, but people hacking into it, I mean, I... It's tough to really sympathize with Nintendo for the way yeah. they handled the release <laughs> of this thing. I will agree. so but so you know how it is.
2: Yeah, and if Russians are going to hack something, you know, I can get behind this.
1: Yeah, I'm not complaining.
2: <laughs> but uh, we also have another news uh, from this has comes to us from PC Mag magazine. Um, NX brings Game Boy back with Super Retro Boy. Uh, NX's retro gaming brand RetroBit has been making old school gaming gear for years. It's most recently released, uh, the RetroBit Generations, an 8 and 16-bit game system reminiscent of the NES Classic Edition that had quirky potential but was bogged down by mushy controls and poor HDMI video output, um, they are working on a new generation of retro devices, and it might have learned its lesson from the generations and figured out how to improve upon the very good Super Retro Trio cartridge based system. The company showed off several new retro game systems at CES, including the Retrobit Generations Portable, the Super Retro Boy, and Super Retro Trio HD. Uh, the Super Retro Boy uh, warms the cockles of their old-school gaming hearts. It's a retro game system shaped like a Nintendo Game Boy with a color-backlit LCD screen and the ability to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance cartridges. It features a fully rechargeable battery with a micro-USB port for charging, and Enix says it that it can run for up to 10 hours. That's at least 8 double A's worth of Game Boy Gaming. Um, let's see... Uh, If you want to play games on the Super Retro Boy or Super Retro Trio HD, you need cartridges. NX has that covered as well. With three Retrobit X Jalico carts, the 22 in 1 NES pack, the 10 in 1 SNES pack, and the 10 in 1 Game Boy pack feature multiple Jalico games for their respective consoles. There are no HD tricks in these cartridges. They're old fashioned physical releases that will work in your original NES, SNES, and Game Boy, as well as NX's systems. The Super Retro Trio HD ships in May with a $79.99 retail price. The Retro Bit Generations Portable and Super Retro Boy come out in July for $69.99 and August for $79.99, respectively. The Retro Bit X Jalico cartridges also ship in July for $19.99 each. So I think I might have to pick up one of these, uh, the Super Retro Trio, because... Um, It is very similar in concept to the RetroN 5, but any new game system that can play cartridges and modern TVs and make them look good or welcome. uh, Of course, that will depend on whether NX can fix or replace the HDMI output problems of the RetroBit Generations when it releases the Super Retro Trio HD. So if the HDMI looks good, this thing looks like it might be worth the price.
1: I'm just saying, uh, for anyone listening, if they want to get me a birthday gift... (laughs) My birthday is in August.
2: Because as much as I love to have my old consoles, I would really like to have something that I can play um, multiple cartridges from different systems in one system and kind of cut down on the space. Um, Oh, absolutely. And if it is HDMI, that would make it much easier for me to be able to stream to Twitch, which I plan on doing in the future. Um, to tag along with this show and be able to play with our listeners uh, and some, and let them watch me fail miserably at Ninja Gaiden and games like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I mean this this is a, I love when retro gaming can be combined with modern technology like this. That this is this is awesome.
2: Yeah, and I really love the fact that there are people still making new. Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. And they're even going back and finding old games that were never released and turning around and releasing them. So it's a really cool time to be a, a retro gamer.
1: Yeah, it's something that, you know, I've talked about with multiple friends. Like, there's really a huge niche with retro gaming. I mean, there's so many people that play the new games like, you know, Uncharted 4 and Battlefield, but. There's also that side that that still loves the the retro games, including myself. And you know, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why we started doing this show.
2: Exactly. I I'm, you know, I kind of fell off the bandwagon of uh, new modern games. Like I bought the PS4, and the only game I've bought for it so far is uh, the Dark Knight um, Batman, the last Gotham game that was put out. And that's it. I have no interest. I want to play retro games. There's just something about the old 8 bit, 16 bit games that just still hold my attention to this day.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I I bought, um, I had got a GameStop gift card for Christmas, and I went out and bought the Uncharted collection because I had never played any of those games before. So those I've been, you know, kind of excited to get into. I think the first three came out for PlayStation 3. So, those I'm excited about, but yeah, for the most part, I still go back and play, like, I mean, most of my Christmas break was spent (laughs) playing the original Legend of Zelda.
2: Yeah, mine was spent playing DuckTales, which I bought um, at the local Play and Talk. Um, I'm not going to mention how much I paid for it, but I got a really good price for it, and the cart is in perfect condition. I picked that up, and I also picked up Strider, if you've never heard of that. It's a Capcom game as well. And it was one of my favorite games as a kid, but it doesn't hold up so well as an adult. So I'm actually thinking I might uh, give that one a good shot and do a review of that game next time. I really want to do DuckTales, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that one.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good one to save. DuckTales is such a good game. No, it's,
2: it's, it's up there with Mega Man 2 as far as being pretty much a perfect 8-bit video game.
1: I actually never played the original one, but they came out with the remastered one for like Xbox and PlayStation Arcade, uh, trust and I me. played that. I played that one on the 360, and the gameplay is exactly the same. Just you know, updated graphics, but it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it still holds up. Trust me, it is so good. Even the graphics are just, mm, man, they're just they're perfect. I love it so much. It's good stuff. But moving on, we'll move into this month and video game history. <laughs> this month in 1987, on January 14th, Nintendo, Nintendo releases Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link for the Famicom Disk System in Japan only. The game would go unreleased in America for nearly two years afterwards. What do you think of Adventures of Link?
1: I don't think it's... As bad as most people claim it to be, I think it would have been much better received if it did not have the Zelda name attached to it because yeah. it it doesn't play like any other Zelda game, like past or present yeah they they tried to add the uh the platforming aspect to it a little bit and it it just doesn't fit it's no. not Zelda
2: no not it Zelda's not meant to be a two d side scroller. And I'll be honest, no. I hated it at the time. I, I bought it and then I immediately traded it uh, to one of my friends for, can't remember what I traded it for. I think I traded it for two games, uh, which I kind of downgraded, but I think I got RC Pro-Am and something else. I don't remember. I think Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. Um,
1: I was hoping you would say a bag of chips.
2: <laughs> yeah, I might have. It might have been a bag of chips and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to actually get a, get my hands on a copy and give it another good shot. Uh, being older and a little more open to, you know, games being different than what the especially sequels being different from the original. Um, if, if I can find a good copy of it, I'll pick it up and, and give it a, a shot and give it a review, a fair review, and kind of forget about the way I felt about it as a kid.
1: Yeah, in the same way, I'd be interested in going back and trying it again, because I haven't played it in uh, a long, long time. Probably since um, the Nintendo released a like Zelda Collector's Edition disc to promote The Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And it had like the original Zelda, Zelda Two, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask, and I think that was probably the last time that I played it, and that had to have been like two thousand two,
2: two thousand three. Yeah, I think. So it's been a while. Probably roughly since about nineteen ninety or eighty nine since I played it, so around twenty seven years ago. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. It's been a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But um, in 1988, on January 8th, Konami releases Super Contra as well as the NES version of Metal Gear in North America and the PAL region. I have never played
2: any Contra or Metal Gear game, but I I know they have their fan bases. I never played Metal Gear for the NES, but I did play Super Contra, which is a really fun game if you have another person to play with. Interesting. I want I want
1: to say was that one of the games that was featured in the Wizard?
2: Uh yeah, I think they did show it a few times, and I think it came on the uh, the the Nintendo Classic. The Classic, didn't
1: it? Um it may have, I might have yeah, It I might think... just be one that I've overlooked because the yeah, only it's... ones that I've played so far, have been uh, Zelda and then the three Mario games.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Super C is on that as well. And because I remember people talking about, well, why wouldn't they put the original? Hmm.
1: You're right. It is on there. Yeah, I remember it being called Super C. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's on there. And in
2: 1994, in January, Mega Man X is released in the US. Never played it.
1: I have not either. Like that I said, is... I, I was. I was never a big Mega Man guy.
2: Yeah, I wasn't so either that, at the time.
1: So that that one kind of slipped me by. And also, uh, in January of 94, Battle Arena Toshinden, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly, uh, was released. One of the first fully 3D fighting games. Um, I've never heard of this game, to be perfectly honest.
2: I remember this game. I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember... What, like, the fighters looked like. I keep thinking Tekken, but that's not it. So, um, might have to go and look this up. I, the, the name is really familiar, but I don't, I can't bring it up in my memory.
1: Yeah, I, I really have no, like, recollection of it. Hmm. But, I mean, it's one of those things, like, through doing the video game history, you know, we've learned, like, first, you know, open-world game or first whatever, and this is one of the first fully 3D fighting games. You know, just knowing that is, is kind of cool information.
2: Yeah, it was probably the predecessor to Tekken, because I keep thinking of Tekken, so it's got to be kind of in that same vein. Yeah. But um, right here in the middle of the show, right before we go into the review tonight of Super Mario Brothers 2... Uh, for you, the listeners of Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, I would recommend, like I said before, uh, Star Wars Catalyst or even the Kevin Smith autobiography. Um, and they can either... Um, they can pretty much get either one of those. There's also a book I'm listening to right now called... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, hold on, let me look it up real quick. It's uh the Sith book about um Vader and Palpatine.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Oh, I know which one you're talking about, but I, I can't remember the name of it.
2: I'm bringing it up right now. Of course, it's got to do an update. <laughs> uh, Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp. Nice. So go check that out. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audi- audibletrial.com nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com nerdcave for your free audiobook. Go do it now. Support the show.
1: Ready for your review, sir?
2: Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to play some music here. I love that music so much. so <laughs> catchy. <laughs> it makes me want to go play. Like, right now. I love this game. <laughs> but Super Mario Bros. 2 was released in Japan as Super Mario USA. And why is that? Do you know the story behind this game?
1: Wasn't it? Uh, it originally started as another game... But then was transformed into Mario Brothers Two for the U.S. because the original Mario Brothers Two was deemed too difficult
2: exactly.
1: for American game players.
2: Originally, Super Mario Brothers Two, the Jap- the Japanese version, was sort of the same um, graphics and gameplay as the original Super Mario Brothers, but it was really, really difficult. And they felt it would be too difficult for American audiences, so they took another game from Japan called Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic uh, for their Famicom system, and they basically reskinned it with Super Mario characters um, and for release in America. Uh, it became a commercial success, and eventually the game, game became well-received enough that it was also released in Japan for the Famicom itself. Um, It has been considered a classic Super Mario Bros. game worldwide, including in Japan. That's how good this game was. Uh, It's a 2D side-scrolling platform game. Objective of the game is to navigate the player's character through the Dream World subcon and defeat the main antagonist, Wart. Which, I don't know about you, but I wish they would bring Wart back into another uh, Mario game. Because you know they're going to be doing more Mario games in the future. This is the only game I know of that he's been in.
1: You would be correct. This uh, is the only
2: game he's been in. And also, this was the first Mario game where you could play four different characters, which is, to me, the best part of this game. You've got Mario, who is pretty much... Um, you well-rounded your, character. Yeah, he's the most well-rounded character. You've got Luigi, who can jump really high. Um, and you've got Toad, who's super fast. And you've got the princess, who can float basically, for what, like three, four seconds. Mm-hmm. Each character has their own set of abilities to get you through the game, and that makes this game just so head and shoulders above uh, the first Mario game, which, don't get me wrong, I love the original Super Mario Brothers game, and I love Super Mario Brothers 3, which is really more of a sequel to the original Mario Brothers than this game was. This was a complete different type of game than... Uh, the original Mario game was because in this one you can actually jump on characters and pick them up, throw them, you can uh pluck uh, cherries and um turnips out of the ground, throw them, you uh tug on grass to get like coins and there's uh potions that you throw on the ground which create these doors and if you do them in certain sections of the game, you go through the door into the kind of a shadow world for a couple of seconds and there are like power ups in there, hidden doors, hidden hidden things in that other world. And it's such a good like just such a good game. Um and it consists of 20 different levels across the seven worlds uh comp- comprising subcon. Each world has a particular theme that dictates the obstacles and enemies encountered in its levels, such as desert areas, with dangerous quicksand and snowy areas with slippery surfaces. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people that don't like this game because it doesn't fit in with what people consider a Mario game to be. But honestly, this is probably... it's probably not my favorite. I think Mario 3 is probably still my favorite game, but there was just something that was so playable, replayable, about this game. And the controls were damn near perfect on this game. But just the replay value on this game alone, I think I played this game more than I actually did Mario 3 and Mario 1. I definitely played
1: it more than Mario 1. And I was actually going to ask you that. Like, what are your thoughts on people who say it doesn't really fit in? My take on it is, because I've actually been playing this quite a bit on the NES Classic. Yeah, it's different than any other Mario game, but why does that make it a bad thing? I mean, to me, it introduces some pretty cool things. Like, it introduces the POW block, which has been used in other Mario games. It introduced uh, a cult favorite as far as, like, the Mario bad guys. It introduces the shy guys. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that you can play as four different characters, which I, I'll I'll say I don't know who your go-to person was, but for me it was the princess because she could float yeah. in the air.
2: <laughs> yeah, I played the princess a lot. It was usually between the princess and Mario because he, like I said, he was the most well rounded. But some of the bosses in this game, like um uh Birdo, is probably one of the most recognizable. Uh, bad guys in the the Mario universe. Mm-hmm.
1: There are some uh, bosses that I wish they would bring back, like including including Wart. Like it would be cool if they don't do it for like the main console Mario game. If they do like a another handheld, why not bring him back or like call it you know Mario Brothers Return to Subcon? Exactly. Or something they like do, that.
2: I don't know why they don't do a sequel to this game. Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: Yeah, I mean, you had Wart, you had um, the giant mouse who would throw bombs, you had the three-headed snake.
2: Yeah, I forgot about the three-headed snake.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of cool villains in this game. And, you know, the gameplay, yeah, it's a little different, but to me it's not, like, worlds different than, uh, than your typical Mario game. It's still a platformer. Yeah, the only and, difference is you don't kill enemies when you jump on them.
2: Yeah. Well, not only that, but this was the uh, I think pretty much the only Mario Mario like Super Mario Brothers game that didn't have a point system.
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, there are no points to be made in this game. There all you have is your health meter at which you can you start off with I think two bars on your health meter and you can build it up as the game goes on. Mhm. Um, but yeah, there's no point system to be to be had in this game, which they brought it back for the third game.
1: I think the thing that really speaks to the popularity of this game is how many times it was released. Like, it came out, and then they released it in Japan, called it Super Mario USA. It's been on every Nintendo virtual console. They put it on... Um, the Super Mario Bros. All-Star mm-hmm. game for Super Nintendo, which included the Japanese version of Mario 2. They repackaged it as the Lost Levels. Yeah. And it was more difficult than the original Mario game. Um, it was released as the first Game Boy Advance game, Super Mario Advance. It was just a direct port of uh, Mario Bros. 2, just with you know updated graphics, of course, but it plays exactly the same. Um I I enjoy the game. Is it my favorite Mario game? No, but I don't get the hate for it.
2: It's definitely one of those games that you can just jump in and play. Um it, it's the cover art is so nice for the game that it when you're when I'm looking at my game collection, it's one of the you know top 3 games that just the cover art itself just screams play me. Mhm. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's such a nice color of blue with Mario jumping, holding the, uh, the turnip. It just says, play me.
1: It just screams classic Nintendo. I mean, you've got, you've got Mario, and it's just a simple jumping pose. It, it, it screams 80s, and it screams yeah. Nintendo. <laughs>
2: well, not only that, this game was on the cover of the very first issue of Nintendo Power.
1: That is correct. We, we, should, uh, we should start the movement. Hashtag bring back Ward.
2: Yeah, we should. Because he was a good villain. <laughs> bring back all the villains. Bring back Birdo. Bring back Mauser. Um, I can't remember what the name of the three headed snake was, but bring back Ward. Try Clyde. TriClide. Clyde. That's it. Hmm. There Part
1: were some me. other ones that I'm trying to remember. I I'll I'll look those up here in just a second.
2: Yeah. But the the graphics on this game are just as good as Mega Man 2, and the controls are just as good. So I, I would rank this game up there with with Mega Man 2 as being probably one of the most well-made uh, Nintendo games of all time.
1: Yeah, no I I don't disagree with that. Let's see, you had Birdo, you had Mouser, you had Fry Guy, the giant ball of fire. Pokies. I forgot about the Pokies. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, let's see, Claw Grip, the giant crab. Ah, yes, uh, I
2: forgot about him.
1: Yeah. Then there was, um, you know, the giant bird whose uh, mouth open that you had to walk through to yes. get to the next world? In the, the last level, you actually have to fight one of those things. <laughs> I yeah. remember that because you have to fight it right before you fight Ward.
2: I had totally planned on replaying this again. All the way through because when I I popped it in a few months ago and I played, uh, I can't remember who I got to. Um, I got about three levels in before I stopped playing, um, but I never finished it. This was one of the few games that I could actually finish when I was a kid. Um, And I wanted to go back, but like I said, I got wrapped up playing DuckTales over my Christmas break and uh, started playing Dr. Mario again. So I wanted to go back and and play this all the way through, but I never did. But I've got enough memory of this game to to give a decent review of it um, without having had to play it recently.
1: Now I have to ask: Did you ever watch the old Super Mario Brothers cartoon? Yes, of course. I, I just remembered, like Mouser tri clyde like i think all the mario 2 villains except for wart were featured in that cartoon
2: yeah it was was it the super mario brothers super show cuz i yes. remember they had the super mario brothers super show and then they had um super mario world they did that one for a while
0: mhm yeah they did mario 3 as, as well
2: yeah you don't you don't see that one as much anymore the super mario world i can still remember the theme song to it though Mm-hmm. The Super Mario yeah, actually, World, it's a blast from the
1: past. <laughs> Super Mario. Yeah, I actually found those on uh, DVD a long time ago, because I, I remember I used to watch that, the Mario Brothers Super Show, because it came on Monday through Thursday, and then they played the Zelda cartoon yes. on Fridays. And that Zelda cartoon was nothing like I pictured the games.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. Do you remember no, Captain N the Game Master?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. That, I, have... I
2: have that one on DVD as well. Yeah, I found the DVD for five bucks. And it had just uh it had like five or six episodes on it at uh what was it, Books A Million? I found it a couple of months ago. Yeah, that cartoon doesn't hold up too well.
1: <laughs> no. They had um, other game characters, I think, make appearances on that show because I think Link and Zelda were on one episode. Yeah. Um, Mother Brain from Metroid was the main villain. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm sure there were some other ones, but I can't remember them off yeah, the top it had, of my head.
2: Had Eggplant Wizard. Uh, it, it had, um, what was the, King Hippo were the two henchmen for Mother Brain. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, there was, for the main group, there was Captain N, and then there was like this uh, the princess that traveled around with them, but she was kind of a generic princess. She wasn't from any game, but they had Mm -hmm. Simon Belmont, and they had Mega Man, Mm -hmm. and uh, then eventually Game Boy joined the adventures, and that was when the show (laughs) kind of fell apart at that point. Shameless plugging of uh, Nintendo hardware.
1: Yeah, uh, we seem to have a fascination with that. I mean, we we did a commentary for a ninety minute <laughs> Nintendo commercial. So, yeah, <laughs> that okay. we we should do um, <laughs> after we do the Mario Brothers movie, we should pick out like an episode of each iteration of the Nintendo cartoons.
2: Dude, that is not a bad idea at all.
1: Because I think I have all of them on DVD. I'm not sure if I have Zelda. I'll have to go back and look. But I know I have. Um, Mario 3, Mario World, Captain N, maybe I have Super Show? I can't remember.
2: Well, isn't the Super uh, Mario Brothers Super Show? It's streaming on Netflix, isn't it? Maybe. I think it is. We're going to have to look that up. If it is, we'll do a, a, another commentary track.
1: I'm, I'm going to have to find uh, quicker routes to get to Mississippi.
2: <laughs> well, we can always do it over Skype, too, now that we know how to do it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm actually looking up uh, on Netflix right now. Let's see. Super Mario. Oh, my God, it's on there. It
2: is. Oh, this is happening, people. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> but, uh, actually, we uh, need, need to go ahead and... help
1: two brave, two brave brothers leave their normal life as plumbers <laughs> to battle the bad guys.
2: Yes. But uh, we need to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Let me finish this up here. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 2 yielded 10 million copies sold and was the third highest selling game ever released on the Nintendo Entertainment System at that time. Uh, Nintendo Power listed Super Mario Bros. 2 as the eighth best NES video game, uh, mentioning that regardless of its predecessor not being a Mario game, it was able to stand on its own merits and its unique take on the series' signature format it was ranked 108th out of the 200 greatest games of their time by electronic gaming monthly games radar ranked it the sixth best nes game ever made and um let's see uh, ign praised it as uh one of the most polished and creative platformers of the era so it got great reviews and i don't see why people would not like this game i mean i understand that it's not like the other Super Mario Brothers game, but it does stand on its own. And the controls are great. Graphics are fantastic. The story is, it, it is a dream, <laughs> somewhat like you don't, you get to the end of the game and Mario wakes up. And pretty much the whole thing has been, you don't know if it's been a dream or not, but that's what's implied. But I think it's a great game. People need to pick it up. It's definitely a classic. And needs to be in anyone's collection for if they collect for the Nintendo, um, and you can pretty much find it anywhere at this point. It's not like it's a hard game to find, but if you are new to collecting for Nintendo, it's definitely one of the ones you need to have in your collection. I give it, uh, I would give it a solid eight out of ten.
1: I agree. I I don't see the hate for this game. I mean, yeah, it's different, but if every incarnation of a game series was the same it would oh, exactly. be boring
2: yeah and i think um if the original super mario brothers 2 the j- japanese version which if you've ever seen it or played it it looks exactly like the first game and plays like the first game so i don't think the mario brothers would have had uh, would have been a, you know had such a legacy if they wouldn't have had this departure for the second game i agree so go out there pick Uh, it up people and it's on your classic nintendo so give it a whirl i think you'll like it absolutely so we're coming up on the end of the show and uh so next week do we want to tell them what you're reviewing next week or do we want it to be a surprise
1: yeah, I'll go ahead and tell everyone. Uh, next week, I will be reviewing one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite series, actually, uh, but one of the hardest Super Nintendo games I have ever played, Star Fox.
2: Ooh, I love that game.
1: I love that series. It's so good. And I will actually pitch uh, why I think Star Fox could work as a Pixar-type movie
2: next oh, week. Oh, you know, that's not a bad idea.
1: But I'll, I'll I'll save that little tease for for next time.
2: <laughs> get on it, Nintendo. We want this stuff. Make us happy. Damn it!
1: <laughs> you ha- yeah, you have an archive of pop culture just saying, you know, send me out into the masses.
2: Yeah, I think Nintendo got a little scared of uh, releasing their properties because of the Super Mario Brothers movie, um, which we're gonna review, and uh, after a couple of weeks or months, maybe whenever we get around to it, maybe sooner than later. Um, but I think Nintendo really got scared off from making any of their properties into uh entering into the film realm or even TV because of that movie. But I think it you know, it's been enough time that Nintendo really needs to to step up their game. I mean, they're making a whole uh theme park in Universal. Why not start making movies again?
1: Yeah, I mean the I can understand the whole Mario movie thing but that was it's got to be close to 25 years ago.
2: Yeah. Um what when did it come out? 92, 91, 92. So that was 25 26 years ago. Yeah, enough time has passed Nintendo. Get your head out of the sand. Let's do this.
1: Oh, uh, exactly. Let's see. It came out in 93.
2: 93. So that was 24 years ago. God, I'm getting old. <laughs>
1: Uh I'm not too far
2: behind you. I don't like it. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah. Oh, but anyway. just gotta do what you gotta do what you gotta do to stay young, people. That's why we play retro games around here. But um but on that note, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at Nerd Cave Retro at Funktastic at Derek underscore Diamond. We're also on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And we're also now on Instagram, at Nerd Cave Retro, And we're about to launch our own website as well. So we'll let you know as soon as that gets launched. Just keep an eye on our Twitter and our Facebook and our Instagram. And so, Derek, tell them what it's all about. Hashtag bring back wart yes hashtag bring back wart please
0: you've been listening to a nerd cave network production
2: planning for your next trip